Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business, guys. Thanks for having me. Episode 110, is that where we're at? Um, did we already do episode 109? It's a small world? I think so. That was last week. Um, yes, where I insulted everybody. Episode 110, stateside reentry. Wow. Uh, insanity all around. Thanksgiving. There was a reunion at my old high school that I wasn't at. Um, yeah, I got back in town. I was supposed to get back in town Thanksgiving night, and uh, that there was no chance, right? I was flying Darwin, Australia, to Singapore, and I was supposed to fly out that night after a few-hour layover, Singapore, direct to L.A. No chance. No chance. And I knew going in. And I knew, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to check a bag. And they're like, oh, it'll, it'll meet you in L.A. And I'm like, yeah. When? When will that happen? I know you're Singapore. I know you keep it tight, but uh, 50-50. Whenever there's a bag transfer, I'm like, it's 50-50 if it's going to work. Um, it's a little bag. I'm like, take it. Whatever. Take it. And sure enough, I get back to Ameriquay. After six weeks, no bag. Uh, no problem. Right? But I have to... Uh, but it's Friday night, so I had to um, go to the leasing office, get a new key really quick. It was 5.30. They were just about to leave. They burned me a new key. I was able to get to my place. Didn't have key to my car, so I had to Uber for a couple of days, but the bag just got here um, this afternoon. So we're, uh, we're in good shape. It just it felt weird to put on to put, uh, put it on hold, put re-entry on hold for a couple of days because I didn't have my car and I couldn't do all my stuff. But uh, anyway, it's good to be back, right? Um, can't find the World Cup anywhere. It's unbelievable. Our coverage is so pathetic. Um, you can go to a bar, I guess, which I'm going to go tomorrow. U.S. plays Iran. Try to hit that somewhere. Bistro K, perhaps, because I have that international taste in my mouth, and I don't want to just go freaking nocturnal and put on my American uh, blinders and be cut off from the rest of the world. So, um, yeah, World Cup, man, on the Australian cruise line was nil it was so few i was like what i'm on an international scene like what's going on here but it's not a country that's really that into it you know cricket yes rugby yes uh american football even more so but i couldn't find world cup stuff i was like what is going on and it was like a lot of indonesian it was a lot of uh filipino so i'm like where's that movement wasn't a lot of european i don't know if canada's big with the world cup but it's definitely not euro mexico central south america eastern europe um you know russia middle east any of that i mean australia is under there it, it is down under it's so funny that it runs longitudinally uh equal to like the philippines and japan because man it is it's so funny, man. Japan is untouched, right? It's nor it's in the east, far east, but it's untouched. It was locked down. There was no way white people from Europe were going to come conquer that. Um, they messed around a little bit in Hong Kong and Macau, is it? Um, the Philippines, freaking Spanish, came and changed the bloodline forever. And then uh, Australia's way far south, and so all whenever you go to Australia, their whole society kind of like the states moved east to what like sydney's in the southeast that's the biggest and then it just kind of moved up from there um western australia is still pretty uh, barren and that's because like asian countries didn't invade and attack didn't um you know colonize 
But uh, England, England came around South America, and they were probably so relieved. They're like, cool, we're out of sight of the Spanish now, and now we can just flow, man. We can flow west. And by west, I mean you're going to land on east. You're going to deep east. Um, but just fascinating. Captain Cook Islands, Marshall Islands, you know, Tonga. Captain Cook, this girl um, gave an amazing talk on Captain Cook and his life um in the 1700 1800s there i think it was 1700s but uh just all the traveling he did and all the islands that he found people on um that discovered concept is hilarious but uh it's just fascinating down there you keep going it is so uh, sparse and just little island hopping and amazing and fun and exciting and historical and they had the movie midway which is a great movie i was like oh boy this is going to be like kind of american propaganda y but a great i I thought it was a great movie Uh, i watched it's from 2019 i loved the original as a kid i remember seeing the original that was made in like the 60s Uh, i don't know if jason robards was in that or if he was in uh toda 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 but uh cool uh pilot stuff navy stuff world war ii stuff man um those guys I don't know if they had a choice, if they knew they had a choice, but there was it didn't seem like there was any choice and you just went and fought and got on a ship and was in a submarine and vomited and got out of a dogfight and then had to go right back into a dogfight <clears throat> um to battle. So the tide looked like it was turning in 43, early 43. It took a year cuz Pearl Harbor was in late 41. It took America kind of a year to like tactical uh you know, uh, you take inventory uh, on your um, how bad the damage was, where you are as a military unit, and then it's like, okay, now we plan. And it took about a year to get things going, and then about a year and a half in, the tide started turning there, early 43. Fascinating. Okay, um, you know what else is fascinating? Script pipeline, really quick. Australia, man. I could have been living there, writing scripts from there, even though I don't think I'd live there. Uh, I'd live in Japan, though. But... Uh, Australia, man. So uh, it was fun. It was great. It was a trip. Got to see some friends in Sydney that took me around. Obviously, I talked about that. Um, but I could be living there working for Script Pipeline or working, not working for them, but being a customer of theirs by submitting my ideas. You know, a lot of comics come to me and they're like, hey, I've been thinking about doing stand up for 37 years. You know how long I thought about it? About a month, maybe less. And I got into it and did it. Um, so these people that think and think and put it on a pedestal never do it. Uh, you especially do that with scripts. I think we all have an idea for a script or a book. Well, this is a place to go. Script pipeline, one word, dot com. Take your idea there. Even if it's just, uh, if it's not a full length script, that's fine. If it's a concept, you can do that. Uh, you also want to register it with the uh, Writers Guild there in Hollywood on Fairfax and Third. You can do that online. Um, so, yeah, I got back and re entry is. Uh, always funky man because when you leave you're prepared right you're like i'm ready for the hit i'm absorbing it i've been planning and re-entry you're like i'll be fine i'm going home and you just write that off and i've gone through it with japan and korea um and this was only six weeks and it was all come on it was a cruise ship but just returning your day-to-day life and then what is your day-to-day life is that going to become more of my life and then this is just a depot for me to pass through um your guard is up when you leave your country on the long road back you just assume you'll be able to slide right back into normal uh don't go where you're not wanted or where you don't want to be i don't know oh i've written here don't go where you're not wanted or where you don't want to be al pacino said that when 
Coppola wanted him to be in The Godfather, but uh, how many references lead back to that? But um, the studio didn't want... The studio would have airballed this movie so bad. They didn't want Jimmy Kahn, they didn't want Pacino, and they didn't want... Um, and I think they wanted Steve McQueen playing Duvall or something, Tom Hagen, and they definitely didn't want Brando. And it's just like, what, what would you guys have made? This like glamour rock... Godfather. I mean, it would have just been. It turns my stomach to think about it. But uh, anyway, Al Pacino or uh, yeah, Al Pacino. You say I don't want to go. Like I, I don't know. I don't need to do the movie, guys. I don't need to do it. And he was telling Francis, I don't want to go where I'm not wanted. Like this is ridiculous. But Coppola really wanted him. They obviously knocked out of the park. Um, I was in L.A. 20 years. I don't know that I'll go back. I don't know in what capacity. I'd be having to make a lot of mo- mo- money or working on a show. Um, but you know what? Nobody in LA wants anybody there. It's flavor of the week. So no matter how successful you are, people are like, oh, they're still bitter. So it's LA doesn't really want anybody there, even itself. Um, but that's with the cruise ship gigs. That's how you feel. That's my point is it's like, especially this, this line, this, um, that route rather Australia older. I thought Australia will hit it off, but I just had the feeling when I got on, I'm like, there's been Americans here for like six weeks, Australians, older, like it, the Americans had seen me a couple times and it just kind of, I didn't think the shows were that bad, but apparently enough people uh, had problems and complained, which like, I'm just, I'm, I find hysterical, but look, man, what they want, they, they love someone playing a flute, you know? They love, you know, if Elton John were on that ship, they would prefer uh, an Elton John cover band. You know what I mean? That's They really want it watered down, even in Australia. I, I really held Australian England. I always held them up on a pedestal, but their old white people are the same as our old coddled white people, right? It's the same everywhere. So it's what unites us, so we should be happy. Um, got to talk to an American couple who uh they're older they retired in san diego they were racist and unbelievable and i just had to nod and be like all right all right yeah and i think they knew i didn't agree with them on things but you don't want to have a debate with them then they complain you know they'll almost complain even if you don't even if you don't validate what they're saying like we tried talking to him but he wasn't nice those kind of they get that feedback these cruise ship people some some i mean this 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 route i was on i mean who's taking a what what person under the age of 75 is taking a uh you know cruise ship for five weeks um but you can only go so long feeling unappreciated and like i just needed to talk to somebody other other comics whatever but um that's the hardest part with these ships you have to stick around for days and days after mediocre or shitty shows you know beauty of bad shows when you're stateside or on land you drive home after be done with it no harm no foul probably got a show the next night maybe that same night but when you're on a floating retirement home uh which requires a hearse waiting for you at every port uh you're stuck with people you know they see you on the ship and it's just a reminder to them that they didn't enjoy your show but they expect miracles you know they want jay leno or johnny not even johnny because johnny was the subtle clever thing but they want like jay leno or robin williams those are the two that would be they'd be fine with. It's like okay, cool. They, they cost a lot, and Robin Williams that would be really expensive to have him do stand up now. Um, so yeah, they're unappreciative. 
it's really a weird element of rudeness. Uh, and you're like, go eat your fucking pudding, you know? Um, so whatever. And they're very, you know, it's endless how rude and, and considerate they are to the staff. So, uh, not a lot of sympathy guys, not a lot of sympathy. I mean, wheelchairs are clogging up the aisles. And so, and you know what? It's not their fault. It's not my fault. I even felt good about the shows. One woman even screamed out, you're great. Like this girl, she was sitting in the front row laughing her ass off. Um, but, uh, but it's not, you know, it's the bookers, the book, like you want to, you want to book a comic in a huge theater. That's not going to be packed. That's not going to fit this age demographic. That's on you guys. I'm here doing my thing. You knew what you were getting, but, and they're polite about it, but it just, you know, life's not fair. You have to make it fair for yourself without hurting others. I hope, I don't know why I have that written there. Um, but it literally is better to turn my show into a PowerPoint presentation, right? Just make it like, oh, here's a joke, and then give them the analysis of that joke and origin of it. But to keep them, because they're not laughing and they're wearing masks. Um, but uh, whatever. Okay, where are we? Um, thanks for listening. We're halfway through this episode. My bag lost. Yeah, I had my keys to my apartment, to my work, to my car. So that was a setback for a couple days. Coming back Friday was huge. Got a couple days to recover. Tested, getting off the ship, which was Thursday, negative. Tested again today, negative. Um, five days, right? Just to make sure I'm not dragging anything around like Stevie Nicks or Tom Petty or their hearts. I watched White Lotus on the plane ride back from Darwin to Singapore. Got to do an afternoon, evening, early morning in Singapore. It was amazing. I'm glad I got that extra time there. What a great city, man. What a great city. That airport, the hotel was right there in it. In it. No shuttle. Walking. Beautiful room. Um, showered. Free buffet in the morning. Amazing. Got on the flight. From there to Narita. We had a little layover Narita. I think it was two hours, but we had to get off the plane, had to go through security. Unbelievable, man. I mean, I complain about what it's like in the States with some of this stuff, but uh, we got off the plane to go through security to get back on the plane. Um, And uh, Narita, a lot of shops. It had been a while since I was there. I think I was the only one in that airport without a mask. Uh, And then nine hours, nine hours Narita to LA. No problem. I was like, is that quick? After being on the flight. I'd already been traveling at that point for a day and a half or two. Uh, but we yeah, got watched White Lotus. I think it's on HBO. And that is so whacked. I, you know, I'm thankful. I, we were raised in a good society, community, whatever. I'd say community. With my family, with the school I went to, with other families. <clears throat> but I am so relieved I was not raised rich. Or I was raised probably privileged. You know, we had a nice uh, life. But uh, there was no privilege. Like my dad and mom, it was just, it was just so normal, you know. And like White Lotus watching it, it's just like, who are these aliens? Like these horrible people. Um, anyway. But uh, what? Oh, so yeah, it feels good to vent about the shows. I wasn't feeling good right after, even though I loved getting off the hook. I did get off the hook for my final show. I'd already done so many, which I totally got overexposed to. They totally asked for more, and I gave it to them. And then they were like, yeah, it's just this crowd is so needy. They were honest. They were like, they are complaining more than we've ever seen any crowd. 
So we're just going to give him a lecture tonight. Like someone lectured on like plants in Australia, you know, along the Great Barrier Reef, like seaweed life, which hell, I'll take that more interesting. Um, but yeah, and then a bunch of cover singers, like endless, 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 endless singers doing cover songs from different ages. Uh, one girl was amazing, Annie. Francis was great, Australian girl. Uh, has Filipino roots, I think her mom. And she just, man, just knocked it out of the park. Her lungs. So it feels therapeutic to talk about. Um, writing is probably where it's at for me ultimately. I don't have to deal with people. Don't have to obsess about how you look. Skin, weight, style of clothes, style of hair, style of face, haircut, fashion sense, overall appearance. It's just brutal. I'm just a schmo. And I've got to worry about this shit. Like, please get my jokes with somebody else and let me stay at home and go to bed by seven for the rest of my life, please. Um, I feel like you can't look like a human being anymore. Either you have to be good looking and model-esque and have a fashion designer and have your clothes all tailored, or you play a bit part, right? You're the schlub, but you can't just be a human being. You have to be categorizable. You have to be one of those two. The fashion hipster um, or flannel, right? Sitcom, multicam sitcom, hot wife uh, who who withholds sex from you and intelligence and decision-making, and you're just like this bumbling stumbling. Uh, I've done all I can with this body and face. I, we're barely hanging on. Just to look this mediocre takes everything I have. Uh, staying in shape and taking care of yourself is enough, right? I, you see, I see attractive 70 year olds because they take care of themselves, the diet, the exercise. And you're like, what? 70? I just saw this woman 52. She's like, I just turned 52. Look at this. This is what 52 can look like. Obviously being not so modest, but who cares? It was like, she was Indian, I think, but it was like, my God, woman, way to go. People doing plastic surgery before 40 is crazy. I don't know. I've never been a woman. For a man, I think it's crazy all the way through. But, I mean, I would wait till 40. I don't mind it after 40, 45, 50 if you want to do things to yourself. Um, it's almost like everyone has their own photographer now. That's what social media is, which is weird. Uh, I missed vegetable juice drinks the most, right? Not fruit juice, not smoothies. Vegetable juice drinks is what I missed. Okay? That's what I missed. Um, you can't get that. Like America's the only place I can get them. There's not even enough place in Orange County. That's one thing I will say about LA. You get health food. So many places like real health food, real health food, um, vegan, vegetarian, all kinds of stuff in Orange County. It's, it's not, you know, maybe in Newport, maybe in Laguna, there's one or two places, but it's just not like it is LA or New York just has it. Um, but, Orange County has parking. It was funny, man. That last week uh, that I was on the ship, I couldn't even look at my material. I haven't even looked in forever. You know, you just need to move some, move on to something else to clean the palate. Come back to stand-up when you have people in the audience who actually have a brain. Um, you know, it's a bust. What's that mean? The ships should almost... Oh, the ship for the comedy show, the ships should just have the entertainment director talk or have the comic as part of some panel or conduct an interview of the performers just to indoctrinate the comic to the audience a little bit. Um, 
I'd like to think if they knew me better, they'd like me maybe. Um, but I suppose that's what stand-up is supposed to do. But if they can't figure it out for themselves, then fuck them. You know, horrible old white people who benefited from history. Go choke on your soup, cunts. Um, I'm putting this under clean. Uh, if people don't like you, it's best to just allow them to not like you. Better to then... Better to then... Better than... Better to then carry on with the FU character than stick around and try to get them to like you. Yeah, because at least they'll, they'll maybe have some respect. But if you try to stick around, stick around, like, like me, like me. I think, you know, there's enough new people out there to pursue. And they can give you a career, right? They can be the swell. But yeah, be unapologetic. I've spent too much time trying to get as many people as possible to like every joke. And it's just not going to happen. Um, just don't hold people on a pedestal like I've done. You know, you try to get everybody around this joke. And then we'll go to the next joke. Everybody, come on, more. Okay, widen the joke. It's like, get to joke three. Don't worry about joke two. Um, the desk in my cabin was messing with my laptop whenever I had it plugged in. And it's the only time it ever happened. It, it like, shocks my hands. It, like, electrocutes it. So it was just awesome all around. Uh, you know? I would plug it in. I'd try to type while I'm charging and it's like zap, zap. And I'm like, what, what is this? And it's just, it was weird all around though. Amazing trip, made money, learned, experienced a ton, traveled shows as well as life geography, new part of the world. Right. Um, again, going to live in Japan at the age of 20 kind of throws everything off. Right. Going to Australia is like being in Canada or Minneapolis or something. So uh, I saw a ton of Aboriginal folk in Cairns in the parks there. Um, kind of Papua New Guinea similarities. Uh, God, I think I'd love a class in anthropology. It just fascinates me. Different bodies, who survived, what races, what part of the planet, where was their expansion. Um, white people in freezing weather probably were forced to develop stuff. Northern Europe. It was Northern Europe, Northern Russia. Um, cause there weren't as many people in Northern Canada, Northern America, Northern native America didn't have the people that, that fricking Western Europe had, and it was freezing and there were rivers and, and you could set up camp and you're like, how do we get South? How do we get South? And I think in native America, uh, in Africa, in the middle East, <coughs> um, in areas of Asia, right? The islands there. I think people were just like, hey, life's all right. Jamaica, that whole kind of Caribbean area. Um, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Best book I've read on that. Okay. Realized I had a ton of stored podcasts by Spade and Dana Carvey. Fly on the Wall, that podcast. They were being saved on my phone. So I listened to them a ton in that last week, and I felt better, more connected. Um, your talent, okay, your talent and your outlet for that talent really have to match up. I feel like I feel like I have what it takes comedically. I just don't know if it's stand up. You know what I mean? I don't. I just haven't been a part of the right vehicle yet. Um, how, how long? How much long do we wait on that? Um, but I don't know what that is. You know, Tom Segura, Christina P, knocked it out of the park with the podcast. They made their own freaking. You kidding me? They made their own vehicle. Rogan, Marin, already names, but great as well with their podcasts. Obviously, um, the Tonight Show and Johnny Carson. Just that those two fit like a glove because Steve Allen invented the whole talk show format. The format, not the Tonight Show, the format. Okay, he invented the format. All these shows we have, 
worldwide even. That was all Steve Allen's genesis. Okay, first host of The Tonight Show for five years. Turned over to Jack Parr. Five years, Jack Parr went to Johnny, 30 years. Um, yeah, Steve Allen invented that format. And I don't know if he got bored by it or was just like, cool, cool. Um, uh, I'm going to go on to the next thing. He liked to keep writing and playing songs. Yeah, I don't know if he got bored after five years. But whatever, he did. I'm sure he had no idea how much it would explode. I got to meet Steve Allen about two weeks before he died. Valerie, I'm blanking on her name. She um, she was in... She did the Valerie show, Hogan's Family, whatever. She was great in that. She left, and then Sandy Duncan replaced her. with Jason Bateman was on that show. I loved that show. Um, but Valerie, I don't know her last name. She was in Mary Tyler Moore. She was Rhonda or Rona or something. Anyway, I met Steve Allen and his wife, Jane Meadows, with uh, publicist Kevin Sasaki. We went on a Friday night, and we saw Valerie's performance. She was playing Pearl Buck in a one-woman show, Pearl S. Buck, who was a writer and traveler. She lived in China for years, and I think that was part of that. But it was a one-woman show. Um, It's not Valerie Bertinelli. God, Valerie. Is that even her name? Valerie Harper, Valerie Harper. That's got to be it, right? That was it, Valerie Harper. She passed away in 2019, um, but it was a great one-woman show. Uh, Two weeks later, Steve Allen passed away from a heart attack. He was only 75. That was a guy that, you know, could have lived to be 85, 90. Um, So he was 75 in 2001, 1925. So he'd be 97 today. 90 yeah 97 which he could have done i think he was a healthy enough guy tall lean very intelligent did not care i don't think for parties and drinking his his talk was very specific and he 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 did not like to waste too much time it seemed like but um such an interesting guy my point is the vehicle has to work all the snl talent like dana carvey so i listened to his podcast with uh spade and um Dana Carvey, if you watched SNL in the early 90s, you're like, this is Eddie Murphy. The impressions, the characters, all that stuff. Um, but it turns out, and then I think they tried, did they try to do a talk show around him? Did Lauren try to do a talk show around him? Anyway, uh, movies that never translated. He was a peripheral, of course, in Wayne's World. He played Garth. But other than that, movie-wise, I mean, I think he was a turtle at some point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they only had one chance back then. But uh, Dana Carvey was it. He was it. You were like, this guy's going to be huge. And he was huge. He is huge. Everybody knows him. And he's funny as hell still. And who knows what can happen. Um, But uh, it doesn't mean major motion picture success. I remember when Will Ferrell came out of SNL. It's like, okay, here, Elf was the first thing in his name, you know, where he was the lead. And I was like, here it is, man. This is it. If this doesn't go, then it's, you know, peripheral roles or something and elf hit it out of the park it's still a classic james Kahn and uh bob newhart and uh many many others oh what's her name is in that the lead female zoe is zoe deschanel in that she's great and gigantic too i think that was her um yeah so dana carvey so that the point is yeah the vehicle has to work with the talent okay this is fascinating people are like go back on the ship Shelley Long thought she could turn Cheers fame into movie fame, and she left Cheers prematurely. Can you imagine Elaine having left Seinfeld? 
midway through. Shelley left uh, the number one sitcom. Think of George left Seinfeld. Norman Fell, though, he was he was Mr. Roper on Three's Company. And the network's like, we want, we want you and Mr. Roper to have your own show. He's like, it's not going to work. Believe me, I've been in the business a long time. Keep me as this peripheral character. Keep me here. This is nice. It'll work. Uh, nobody gives a shit about the old retired couple. You know, whatever. Um, the network made him do it. It lasted less than a season. And he's out of luck. He's replaced by Ralph Furley. You know, Don Knotts. And Norman Fell and his wife in that show came on occasionally. They had recurring roles, but not they weren't regulars anymore. Um, and he's like, I told you. I told you. He screwed me. He said, it's not enough to sustain. He was a great actor. He was in the original Ocean's Eleven. Very funny. Um, Seinfeld probably turned down movie opportunities, right? I'm sure he turned down various things. He's like, nah, it's too nonspecific um, for uh, my specific talent. But I do remember him awarding Al Gore an award for the Academy Awards in 06, was it? Late 06? Anyway, Dana, David Spade, and Dana Carvey, so funny. They kind of resemble, they're both like little guys. Um, They're still in the game. I mean, Spade never went away. Carvey took a break, but his appearance on Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with Seinfeld is fantastic. One of the best episodes Dana Carvey, undeniably funny. And I think now, like, it's not just, hey, like, him and Phil Hartman played characters so well. Carvey, and they did impressions so well, too, that maybe the muscle that was neglected was how to interact, you know, in a podcast situation, in an interview. But that wasn't a necessary muscle then. You know, that's only become such with podcasts and so many talk shows that people now have this this guest muscle, this talk show guest. Uh, okay. America is the land of excess. Back. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Backwoods gas station, fast food, eating Jerry Springer. Oh, but also Newport beach, hot, you know, no body fat, wall street pro pro wrestling. I don't know. I have, we have pro wrestling meets wall street. So yeah, America is the land of extremes. Uh, we have the best and the worst. We're an easy target. We are Americans are easy target because Americans don't really travel abroad. So we don't know how to criticize back. We don't know how to defend ourselves. We don't know specifics about other cultures. Um, but each country and each culture has its trash. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. No longer holding these other countries on a pedestal. Australia. Loved you. Thought you were hot shit. And then I see your old people. Um, and no me gusta. Uh, I will say Canadians are the best. They make the peace between all the English-speaking countries, just like going, uh, just easygoing and centered Canadians. Um, but like Australians under the age of 84 who don't do cruise ships, I love you. <laughs> it's a small, small select group, and you're on a ship in the ocean. <laughs> like, it's not like you're there for the comedy. You're there for the jewelry, the touring, the relaxing, and you're paying so you can complain. Um, so I have been excited about the World Cup. Big game tomorrow. U.S. Iran. We've tied zero zero, or we've tied one one and zero zero. I think. So they need to win, or they get bounced. You can't, you can't lose. You can't not have a, a victory in three matches, right? Um, gonna try joke about cologne at the World Cup. Oh, I joked that there's no alcohol, but plenty of cologne because it's in the Middle East. We'll see if that gets blowback. It really hasn't. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that joke. Correct me if I'm wrong. Email me. Send send in some Middle Eastern men wear a lot of cologne. I wear a lot of cologne. It has nothing to do with skin color or religious beliefs. Um, but people troll for anything, and that's a joke that um, coming from a white hetero male, middle age, we're already red flagging you, man. Let's get another red flag. Who's going to be the first to blow the whistle? Who? White male, white female heterosexuals are the first to blow the whistle. So they can be less incriminated as they are the second greatest purveyors of tragedy and exploitation throughout history. You know, they were riding shotgun. They were riding shotgun while we were doing shitty things. And now, how do you get rid of that guilt? Blame the one other group that was even worse than you. But don't take any accountability yourself. Um, Man, the Midway movie, South Pacific. I just love that. English cleared South America. And yeah, I already said all this um as you can tell and and these countries these little break tonga singapore was run by japan uh J- japanese they were making their way into india they were in china they were running korea they were running vietnam they were in the philippines they had attacked darwin they had bombed darwin north north central australia so the japanese really expanded crazy stuff how all these countries and tonga um, they were all fighting the Japanese. All these, it all goes back to World War II. And after World War II, kind of the world got like this total, like, I don't know what's just relocation or, or just like relabeling, distributing of land. Like it all happened after World War II. Hitler did unite the world against him and the Nazis, but the world was united. They were just against him. Uh, my hat's off to Germans who tried to stop him. They really had to go against the grain. No shit. A lot like the Lincoln Project, Germany and Japan, and Italy. In the early part of the war, Italy switched. Um, they really forced the war. Yeah, so Japan, Italy, Germany forced the world's hand to unite and fight. I guess you can throw Austria, Hungary in there as well, Ottoman Turks, German, Japanese, Italian forces. Midway was a turning point for the Pacific. Um yeah, the movie, 2019 movie, a little Disney-ish, but some great performances, great actors, man. So good. Some classiques. Uh, what else? Redistricting? I guess redistricting was the word I was looking for in terms of um, land breakdown after World War II. Japanese forces killed a quarter of a million Chinese civilians, guys. From 1937 onward, you can look it up. Mukden Incident. Um, that's really where World War II started. People always think, oh, 39 when, he won- when Hitler took him into Poland. But if we're going to measure all the countries, it was 39. It's actually freaking seeds were sown long before that. Um, in 1907, the Japanese defeat the Ruskies in the Russian-Japanese War in Japan. It's like, oh, cool. We got these islands. Was it Sakhalil or Korin Islands and... Two years later, we're going into Korea. And they were in Korea from 1910 until 1945. 35 years of occupying that country. That's so recent. You know, occupying them, forcing learn Japanese, forcing their ways, raping women. Um, that's so recent, man. That's so recent. I was in Korea with two Japanese guys. We were not allowed to go into this restaurant. It was a little restaurant, side of the road type thing. But he's like, yeah, we're close. He said, no more food. We have no more food. They were bustling at lunchtime. Um, so from 1937 onward, the Chinese were there eight years, 45 world war two is over 49 Chinese civil war. Um, yeah, China united communists and nationalist forces united to shove Japan out. 
World War ends, 45. China would have a civil war in 49. Of course, Chiang Kai-shek would take his national list forces to Formosa, now Taiwan. He would thrive there. I think his grandchild is running for office now. Mao and the communists have been trying to get them to bend to the sword, bend the knee to the sword ever since. Very relevant issue today. We'll see. How far is America willing to go to defend defend Taiwan? And why would you want to mess with Taiwan if it's this economic... I know they have chips, potato chips. Um, but if it's economic explosion, don't mess with it. Have they messed with Hong Kong enough? I don't know. Interesting. England turned Hong Kong back over to uh, China in 99. Um yeah, we're flying through. Okay, sorry. Crazy how much ties together. Yeah, these countries and visiting and East meets West. I mean, the land wars of uh, Europe in World War II and then the, the water wars of World War II in the Pacific. <coughs> Fascinating. Um, as a comic, people ask you about political material if you do it. Uh, I think we all touch on it. It's how deep do you want to go? Because it's all connected. You want to talk about the buffet on a cruise ship? You can talk about all items offered and why and how they bought those commodities because it was cheaper, where you bought them, what countries are they from, uh, what parts of the globe specialize in those products, how is their uh, government uh, using, abusing the natural resources, uh, exploiting, stuff like that. So uh, you want to talk about something as simple as the, as the buffet on a cruise ship, you can go that deep. How deep do you want to go? Right. If you want to make a joke about cologne being more popular liquid than alcohol at the Qatar World Cup, you can explore religious and cultural beliefs, history, current events, why cologne is more prevalent in some societies than others on cruise ships in Europe, in the Middle East. Um, you know, what happens when guys go out together, six, eight guys, and all of them are in cologne. Sometimes if that was the case, I would just go no cologne and then, you know, spill over. So how deep do you want to go on these issues? Because eventually you can tie everything back to political or business or economics or, or race. Most people don't want to go that deep. Um, but it is funny when people say, don't get political. It's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Um, but be funny. Make it funny. Make it pa palatable. You can't just go, oh, a lot of unfunny comics use that excuse of politically correct, um, social justice, club, um, can't say this anymore or that. Eh, you'd be funny. You'd be surprised what funny gets you away with. Funny gets everyone on your side so that those people making those comments from the periphery, from the peanut gallery, the crowd that is loving the show, squeeze them out. Like, eh, yeah, he's making fun of us, but it's funny. Don't, you're, being offended is a choice. Uh, I used to think that was just elderly white Americans, but I've come to learn it's elderly white people everywhere. Okay, I'm, I'm done insulting white people on this episode. Jesus. Um, but we're all in this together, right? I know we have our separate heavens, but I doubt that's the way it unfolds. I don't know. How does it work in heaven? Like Christians over there, Catholics over there, Jews over there, like whichever group raises the most money has the best heaven. But, uh, I guess we'll all find out someday. Um, good to be back and hopefully I can do some clubs again and make that my career. Cause I don't think i don't see this being a life my god but fun as hell man and get out there and experience the world and it opens up everything and it's just like what and it takes time to process and digest and apply but uh fun fun to see australia it's a great beautiful country they're unbelievable with nature and the, the bird selection not selection you don't get to pick but 
the variety of bird life is incredible, man. And they've really got a good uh, thing going on there, nature-wise. Uh, still strict on the masks a little bit over there. But uh, anyway, great place. Thank you for listening. Keen on things. Podcast, keen of comedy, all social media platforms. See you.